Hey everybody, welcome to Momletics. I'm your host, Rebecca Sheehan. It's common knowledge nowadays that unfortunately, our political polarization just keeps getting worse. So when you see 42 states rallying around the same cause, you might think that's reason enough to celebrate. But really, that might be the only silver lining of the disturbing lawsuit 42 attorneys general have just filed against Meta. The lawsuit alleges that Meta purposefully designed features meant to addict kids and teens to their social media networks. Arizona's attorney general went so far as to say, quote, I see this as a public health crisis the same way tobacco was a generation ago, which is quite the allegation. Of course, social media is addictive. Anyone who's stayed up too late mindlessly scrolling their Instagram feeds can attest to that. But is it enough to win a lawsuit and bring Mark Zuckerberg to his knees? To help answer this question, I brought in Melanie Hempy. Melanie Hempy is the founder of Screen Strong, an organization dedicated to helping parents around the globe prevent and reverse their kids' dependence on addictive screens. Additionally, the wife and mom of four hosts the Screen Strong's Families podcast, has authored three books and promises it's never too late to win back your kids. So Melanie Hempy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's so exciting to be here. I love talking about this. I'm so glad that you see that it's probably the most important thing going on in our culture right now as far as parenting goes. <laughs> so tell me about Screen Strong. What's your mission and how you got started? I'm a nurse. I graduated from Emory University many years ago in the nursing um, department. I have my BSN. I had been through lots of medical training, uh, but then I had four children. <laughs> so, you know, our oldest of four became very addicted to video games. And I knew something was wrong, but just based off all my medical background, I couldn't figure out um, what was happening. And I didn't understand that when a child is on a screen for as many hours as most kids are, their brain changes and there's chemical changes going on in their brain. And back then we didn't really know that much even about the teenage brain like we do today. So what happened with our oldest son, we struggled all through uh, middle school and high school. And if anyone is listening and is living with a gamer, you know, you know what I'm talking about. That conflict is daily trying to set the kitchen timer, trying to get them off, trying to get them to come upstairs for dinner, all the things. They're just very dependent on the game. But I had no idea that you could be literally dependent and addicted to a activity like uh, video games. So when he went to college, he kept playing um, even more than he was playing at home. And Becca, he dropped out. And so as a result of all of that, I took a deep dive into the medical research, went back to my physician friends, went back to conferences, and I started figuring out, and this was back in 2012, started figuring out, oh my gosh, there is a thing called gaming addiction and internet addiction and screen addiction. And it does come complete with a chemical component, just like any other addiction. It's very similar to gambling very similar to pornography addiction. It's a process addiction. So I really studied a lot and started doing some little presentations around my community. One thing led to another. Our first presentation, we thought we'd have about 10 people. We had 125 people. Um, we ended up starting Screen Strong as a result of that effort and to really propel this mission um, 
I'm very passionate about parents never going through what we went through in our home with our oldest son because I did jump on it pretty quickly when he was in college. He came home. Adam served in the military for five years and he did come back and complete his college degree. So that was really exciting that we were able to intercept it. But as a result of his experience, we ended up doing things very different for our daughter and our younger two boys. We raised them uh, in a game-free home at that point. I had had enough with video games. And then with my daughter, we ended up not getting my daughter or my son's um, smartphones until they were 18. They got their own. I vowed I would never buy a smartphone for a child at any age after everything I went through. And my daughter grew up fine without social media. I was a D1 athlete, actually. And then uh, the boys did fine, too. So Screen Strong helps empower parents to make that hard decision to skip social media and violent video games through adolescence. And it's a very bold message. But as we're going to see today, as we unpack this issue, that really is the best solution is the best solution to skip it, just like you would skip drugs and alcohol for your teenagers. So that's how we got started. And that's a little bit about what we do. We prevent and reverse screen problems in your home. The lawsuit contends three things. And the first one is a meta deliberately designed addictive features that harm kids. Let's just give them the benefit of the doubt and, um, and say, you know, maybe they didn't do it specifically to hurt kids, which I don't really think that was their goal. I think that is the outcome for sure. Every marketer knows if the younger you get your customer, the better you're going to bottom line is going to be right. So now hear me, don't, don't lose me on this one. <laughs> okay. I really feel like it's parents. There are a lot of things in our culture that really aren't good for kids. And there are a lot that in my home that I may think aren't good. There are different things maybe in your home that you don't think are good. And that's our responsibility as a parent. You know, if my, if my son is allergic to peanuts, then it is my role in his life to not feed him peanut butter sandwiches. I mean, I would be negligent if I did, if I know that he has a problem. And so I feel like the lawsuit is really good for uh, raising awareness and helping parents like all of a sudden start thinking about, hey, maybe there is something, there's some weird connection here that this isn't good for my kids. But I believe that, um, that parents are responsible and I don't believe that we're victims. I think that our kids don't need to be on social media and it's just like smoking. There's a lot of people that think that we should just take down big tobacco and they tried to do that right in the early days. And uh, there were a lot of, Ooh, a lot of lawsuits um, around that. And then once the science became more clear, then people started becoming more aware. And then you have a choice not to smoke. Remember, they should try to put filters on the cigarettes and do all the things. Sounds so familiar today. But ultimately, I have a choice and I just get to decide that my kids don't smoke. And yeah, can they go out and sneak a cigarette? I guess they can. But in our culture, in our home, we spend a lot of time with our kids. We, we have very strong connections with our kids, which was not true with my oldest. And that was the biggest thing that we missed the most. If you want to sum up the whole problem right now with technology and teenagers and social media, of course, I throw in video games too. It's a, a disconnection problem. Kids are not attached to their families. They have left their family culture and they have gone to Mars. They've gone to a different planet and we're all mad at Mars 
And I'm like, well, we didn't have to let him go to Mars. What's great about what you're doing is that you're normalizing no screens and no phones for families, because I do think that that's the hardest part is parents think it would be really hard for their kids to be the only ones without a phone. They don't want their kids to be bullied, made fun of, feel left out. Um, and so if there are more kids like them, then that'll be better. Yeah. I do also think, though, that that can't be the only solution. I think that with this lawsuit, specific things yeah. like the um, endless scrolling, that was one of the elements that the lawsuit alleges is very dangerous. And another one is the constant notifications. Fine, get notified when someone likes your post, but you don't need to know when some random person you follow goes live. And you were talking about like the dopamine hit. And yeah. That's click, 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 click. So what do you think about those features going away? Do you, I guess you don't think that would help. You just think that nobody should have votes. Well, no, I, I think that, um, first of all, I think, you know, what you just said a second ago about how you don't want your kids to feel left out. You don't want them to get rejected and make fun of. I will promise you that if your kids have social media and they have a smartphone, they're going to feel way more left out. They're going to get way more rejected. They're going to get way more made fun of. And the little hill that you have to get over for them to say, oh yeah, I, I've got a basic phone. I don't have social media. I don't have a, you know, I don't have a smartphone. Um, I mean, they still have a phone. It, it's, it just doesn't have data. It doesn't have, you know, social media. That little bit of a hill to get over is nothing compared to the mountain of pain that they're going to have to get through. And, and when my daughter was going through this and I was trying to decide when or when not to get her a smartphone, I talked to some parents and they said, oh, well, here's the name of my doctor. And they actually gave me a card because they said, when Melissa gets social media, she's going to need to take some medication because she's going to be uh, too you know, stressed and anxious. And I thought, OK, so we're giving our kids a device that we have to give them pills in order for them to use. This doesn't really make any sense. As far as Meta's, uh, you know, is it their responsibility to change their product in a perfect world? Sure. I would love for them to take all the carcinogenics out of tobacco too. That'd be great, right? It's kind of interesting because I think a lot of people think that um, I would just want to shut down all those big companies. You know, that's just a battle we're never going to win. So I feel like we have to take responsibility on your phone. You can set the settings where you don't get any notifications. So that's up to you. And, and if, if you don't like the endless scroll, then just put down the device. So I, I don't know if we're going to try to put all this energy and effort around trying to get Meta to stop their persuasive design. Um, I would rather take all that energy and go camping in the backyard this weekend with, you know, my kids. I mean, so that that's just what I want to be be clear on that we're not victims. Parents are all 100% responsible for the use of this type of technology in their kids' life. So what does Meta have as far as their, you know, what is their responsibility? I mean, I would like to say, you know, could we make a car that will promise never to kill a 16-year-old if they drive it incorrectly? I, I, that'd be great. Like, I would buy that car, but I don't know if it's possible. The thing is, though, I mean, there were these studies. Actually, there was one feature that Meta piloted. Remember when they were going to remove like counts? And then that uh -huh. sort of never happened. Well, when they removed the like counts, it turned out that girls had higher self-esteem and lower incidence of depression and anxiety. And they knew that. They got those results. But Mark Zuckerberg then said, never mind. 
let's not roll out yeah. that feature after all. Yeah. I guess it's more of a moral obligation. Yeah. Than... So then they need to tell parents that this is harmful and your kids probably don't need to be using it. Maybe the age that you can use certain platforms needs to go up. You know, 13 is what it is right now, but that's not, that has nothing to do with when a child is ready for social media. That law says that's the age that I can actually extract data from you without your parental, you know, consent. That wasn't the age like a movie rating that said, oh, at 13, you're old enough to use the internet. If, if you're a dartboard and you could just throw dart in the middle at the worst age, that is the worst age. So I'm really frustrated with culture that thinks that, oh, we'll just give them a phone in eighth grade. Because their prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed yet. The decision-making, the compulsion yeah. control. So let's talk about that just for a second. So you have the limbic area of your brain, but then you also have the frontal cortex. And the frontal cortex, when you're born, it just doesn't work. It's just not developed yet. And so over your teenage years, your preteen years, throughout puberty, that frontal part of your brain is starting to get more and more and more connected. And this is a piece of brain science that we never had to understand before. Like when we were little, our parents opened the back door. We went out and played in the backyard all day. We came in like we didn't have to know that that was the best thing to do to have kids move a lot and to have them focus on play, like real spontaneous play, not screen play. It's not the same thing. And That's so what my last episode was about real spontaneous play outdoors. Oh yeah. Well, that is so healthy. It, it, that's what balances your brain when you're little. That's where you learn about life and about conflict resolution and all the things in a very low, stressful environment, right? But what happens when you're on a screen, whether it's you or your child, your brain is very stimulated. And I, and I tell um, my audiences and even with teenagers, you know, if you have a roller coaster nearby or if you've ever been on a roller coaster, it's really fun. And you get that feeling in your stomach and you get the adrenaline and everything is like fun and exciting and scary at the same time. And then you get off and then you go home. And, and most kids don't spend four or five hours on a roller coaster. It would make them sick if, if you did that. You would start to get migraines. Your adrenaline would be all messed up. Your frontal cortex gets shut down because when the limbic system takes over, when there's so much dopamine and adrenaline and you're living in that high dopaminergic state for so long, it shuts down other parts of your brain. That constant, consistent fight flight is not what our bodies were meant to do. And this is why you're seeing the lawsuits right now. This is why kids are not just spontaneously different now today than they were 15 years ago, there's something happening to them. And so that in a nutshell kind of describes what's happening in the brain. And so you've got all accelerator and there's no brakes. So over time, that chronic stress just totally, you know, changes your outlook on life. And uh, anxiety is extreme. That becomes very extreme. You can imagine being on a roller coaster for five hours a day, you'll get anxious. It's that same system that is stimulated when a child is on a, a video game and when they are on social media. It's only going to get worse. There's going to be all the AI coming out. There's going to be all the wearable things that kids can wear and whatnot. I think it's up to parents to slow everything down for their kids when it comes to this and get that dose of childhood that they need. I don't want parents to feel like they're off the hook. 
I don't want parents to think that we're going to sit around here and wait for our government to figure this out. We don't have time to do that. Every day that goes by and that your kids are not outside playing and they're not having friends over in person and they're not sitting around the dinner table talking with you. Every minute that goes by that they are on problematic screen time is a minute out of that bucket. It's the displacement. What should they be doing? Are they taking piano lessons? Are they learning how to play the tuba and band? Are they reading, reading, reading? We know that reading for pleasure at the age of 15 is the biggest marker for academic success down the road, not being on social media for pleasure. And it's not overprotection and it's not helicoptering. In fact, what you will find when your kids are off their devices, your kids will be more independent. They are not overprotected. They are just more confident. And that is a big criticism. Oh, you're overprotecting your kids. You're not letting them have social media. When your kids have a phone, their, their independence goes way down and their confidence goes way down because now all of a sudden they're comparing themselves to everybody. They're not sure they have to check with mom first. You know, if they're at the yogurt store, you know, should I get vanilla or raspberry mom? What do you think? Like they can't make decisions because what's happening with teenagers, the reason why today these lawsuits are even out there is because they're anxious, they're stressed, they're depressed. They're very lonely. Being on social media and using social media as your main social outlet is probably about the loneliest it can get. And, and we call it being in screen jail. You know, in our student course, we talk a lot about breaking out of screen jail and you don't want to live in screen jail. You want to get out and you want to get out in the real world and have fun. Um, kids just want to be around each other. They Human beings have to be around each other. What you're saying reminded me of a situation over the summer. My family and I were walking down the beach in Florida and we come across this group of like eight teenage girls all laying out in a little circle Every single one of them is on their phone. I don't no. even know how they see the screen. It's so sunny. I don't know how you see it on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> None yeah. of them were talking. They were just like this. And meanwhile, I'm with my four and five-year-olds, and we are looking at the shorebirds. We're admiring, yeah. Yeah. you know, the rainbow-colored mussels in the water. And it's just, it's so wonderful being in yeah. nature. And they're not only missing out on that, but they're not interacting with each other. You know, experiencing things together in person. If you don't do that together, then you feel very empty and very lonely. You don't have any memories. And like Adam, my oldest son, he has very few memories of childhood because they were all spent on, you know, Call of Duty or World of Warcraft. The boys have, on the other hand, and my daughter, they have tons of memories because we did a lot of experiences together. And when everybody's alone together in their house, off on their all their little devices, it's very lonely. You can't say, oh, mom, remember the day when I beat the guy in Fortnite? You know, no, nobody knows and cares. And five minutes later, it doesn't matter. And you have nothing to show for your work. But if you're painting and doing art, you can run in and say, mom, look what I made. And then it sits on the dining room table and we all admire it. I think that kids who spend a lot of time on screens and use screens for their social outlet. I think their whiteboard is very white. <laughs> I think kids who do all these other things have a very colorful tapestry on theirs. Lots of activities, lots of interests. Their brains are just like sponges that can learn so much. And I know it just sounds crazy, but when we did things one way with the first child, I changed it all up. Their appreciation for music and art and reading and all that is just light years ahead of their older brother. And he realizes Poor Adam. it. 
Oh, I know. Yeah. And he realizes it. And we've, we've made our peace and it's been very painful and you don't want to go there. And I'm telling you, like Jennifer Gardner, I think it is, who says until they prove that this is actually good for my kids, there's no way my kids are having social media. There's more and more influencers that, you know, we're really taking a stand. Of course, if you talk to any tech executive out there, they do not allow their kids to have social media or phones. They all go to non-tech schools yes. and they can afford all these elaborate things. So I think that, you know, it's probably very telling to watch what they're doing. There is no tech exec that I know that lets their kids have all this stuff. They just don't. They know too much about it. And, but I do think that the journey is not hard. And screenstorm.org on our website, you go on there and you can get all sorts of information. You go into our connect group. We have a non-social media forum for parents to go in and talk to other parents about doing the detox. We have a 30-day free detox. You, you can see how to take it away, how to change your house. And then you go into the connect group and you can ask parents, hey, I'm on day three. I'm losing my mind. What do I do? And then we have a connect plus, you know, our webinars, we put the live stuff in there video content from workshops that we've done. And then our podcast, like you mentioned, and I would encourage you to go listen to that podcast number 169. Both of my younger boys got on and talked about all the benefits of growing up for 48 months of high school without social media and video games. And it's in their words and our producer did it. I wasn't even on it because <laughs> I didn't want it to be, you know, like, oh, you're the mom. But um, oh my gosh, when I listened to it, I was so excited because I kept thinking, oh, I hope they remember this. I hope they remember that. And they did. And they were talking That's about amazing. it. Yeah. So if you want your kids to listen to that, um, that'd be a great family podcast, you know, put it on after dinner and make some popcorn and listen to Andrew and Evan talking about the benefits of growing up without social media. It's so much fun. It's like the end of the rainbow, like the pot of gold. Nobody told me that with my first and bummer that I totally missed it. Another thing is, if you think that you can um, moderate it, if you can think, well, we can just do two hours of gaming on the weekend, or we can just have social media one hour a day. Let me tell you, that's almost worse. I mean, because you're going to argue because of the persuasive design, because it's never going to be enough, because they never want to get off. Oh, mom, just check one more thing. I just want to do this. I just want to do this. Then you have the arguments and the, the conflict. Um, so look at social media like it is. Look at it like it, it's a marketing platform. And how much marketing does your child need every day? Probably, probably none, actually. Because it reaches them anyway. I mean, my daughter's in kindergarten and she already seems to know so much about pop culture and YouTube. Yeah. You know, my boys and your kids, they will know all the things about culture. They, they hear it from their friends. They see it everywhere. They are not missing out on anything, let me tell you. Anything that's happening on social media, anything that's trending on TikTok, they all know about it. They're all talking about it. They all know about it. They're not walking around in a bubble at all. And that's fine. We just don't have it in our house. Just like there's certain people on the planet that I wouldn't allow in my house. I wouldn't let my boys open the door at night and invite a perfect stranger to come in and play up in their room for five hours. I mean, that's what I did with Adam. He was playing with kids and people and God knows who from all over the world and all the influences that he had, right? But we we give them social media and then we tell them to use it, right? I wonder what our kids think. You know, 
mom gave this to me. So she must think that this is a good thing. And then you see all the terrible stuff, but mom gave it to me. So it must be good because I trust my mom. I mean, it's not your child's fault. If you put him in the car and don't put him in the car seat, that's your fault as a mom. It's not about judging. I've made more mistakes than anybody listening. I can promise you that. But we have to look and see where the responsibility is. And it's our responsibility as parents. And I can't say that enough. And I am very thankful for these lawsuits. I think, you know, go after them. You know, if your kids are grown and you don't, you have time to do all that. But I'm going to take care of my home. I'm going to take care of my kids. And um, we're going to do things different. And we're going to stand out from the crowd. And we have to pick and choose the things that we're going to allow to influence our families, right? So be screen strong. <laughs> well, I love that. Melanie Hempy, thank you so much. I, yeah. You know, this conversation went in a different direction than I had, than I had originally <laughs> thought, but I love it because it, you have such a unique perspective. And you were talking about parents can't just wait to see what happens with this lawsuit. The truth is it'll probably languish in court for years. Of and course it will. by that time, your kids might already be out of high school. Your kids are going to be grown before anything is... is it's changing. It, I mean, and every day that goes by, you're losing, you're losing. So if people want the support, if they want to learn how they can take the first leap in making their homes screen free or screen smart, as you say, where should they go? What can they do? They go to our website, screenstrong.org, and you can go right into the connect group. You can join that and that's free. There's a free detox in there. There's all sorts of material on the website under the resource section and under the learn tab. So many parents ask us, how can I explain this to my kids? So there's a student course. It's brand new. We love it. It's for middle school kids. We're working on one now for the young adult high school. It goes through the brain science and then it gives them the seven day challenge and then the 30 day detox. And a lot of schools are using this now. And that's where you want to try to get your little village together, get your tribe, your community together. And you have your all your kids come. Maybe there's six of y'all families together every Tuesday night. We're going to do a lesson here. We're going to read and we're going to learn. We're going to talk and just start talking about pushing it back and skipping it all together. You know, you found your people over here. We'll help you. There's thousands and thousands of us over here. And um we're not going to wait for the laws. Uh, I would be happy if they changed, but it's really not going to affect us that much because we already choose not to take the risk. It's not worth it. Thank you. And I know you're on Instagram too. That's actually where I found you. I don't know if that's, yep. is it ironic for you guys to have an Instagram account? Not at all. It's not ironic at all. We're using technology as a tool that it should be used for. Like everybody else does, we're going to find all the mom eyeballs and all the dad eyeballs where they are on Instagram. It feels ironic maybe, but it does. It's not at all. There's a lot of things we do as adults that really are for adults and it's not for teenagers. You know, we can have a drink at night or, you know, we manage the medicine cabinet in our house. We would never let our kids, you know, go to the medicine cabinet and just open it up and say, Oh, what pill do I want today? I want the pink one and the red one. I mean, that would be ridiculous. But we don't throw big pharmacy out just because they have drugs that are going to be hurtful for kids. Of course, they're going to be hurtful for kids. So that's what you have to think about. Now, I, I just think the overall message is that people don't understand the psychology behind it. They don't understand the chemical nature of your kids being on social media. And once you do, you look at it totally different. Amen. Well, Melanie, thank you again so much for joining us today on Momletics. 
Everyone go check out Screen Strong and on Instagram you're at B Screen Strong. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And thank you all for being with us today. You can hit subscribe to Momlitics on YouTube and please follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find all the episodes and blog posts in one place at momlitics.com. I'm your host, Rebecca Sheehan. We'll see you next time.